Uh, this is Sullivan Stories with Tom Castle, and our special guest today is Brian Hepker. Hello, Brian. Hey, Tom. Hey, good to see you. It's been a, a number of years. How are you doing? Uh, where are you now? Are you on a ship? Are you in port somewhere? What's happening? Uh, I, I am at home in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. Um, it is December 26th and 75 degrees. So all, it's all right, I guess. But... Actually, I think it's the 27th. Oh, okay. I gotcha. <laughs> Hard to keep track of days. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, you're ashore, but um, I am ashore. are you still uh, doing things with boats? Uh, I am. I may have made a mistake. I don't know, but I, I bought a boat. Um, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I guess it, it has worked out because now I've bought two more. So, um, mm -hmm. but I um, run a little uh, charter sailboat company here in Charleston. What do you call it? Uh, Charleston Sailing Adventures. Aha! Adventures! Yeah. And yeah. what kind of boats are they? Uh, so I mostly run catamarans. Um, so I've got a Stiletto 27, which is a kind of a, a little folding catamaran uh, built from in the late 70s, early 80s. They built like 500 or so of these boats, super lightweight. Um, they collapse down to like eight feet wide when you put them on a trailer. So they're, you know, kind of easy to move around. Um, but uh, when they, you know, it's all folded up and, and rigged up. It's about 13 feet wide and 27 feet long. And I can carry six people on that for uh, running six pack charters. Um, oh. so it's a cool boat, nice and speedy. And then uh, we call that one the, the sports car. And then we've got the minivan, which is our um, bigger catamaran. It's a 40 foot sailing catamaran. Uh, that's a COI um, certified. So, How many passengers do you get on that? uh technically the coast guard says we can do 33 but uh that's that's just way too many passengers i think so i i um, cap that a little bit lower for uh my ease of mind and whatnot and then i just bought a powerboat that uh trying to mix it up a little bit so it's going to be uh, an 18 passenger um charter boat as well um but kind of along the same vein we're just you know doing private charters uh taking folks out for sightseeing and whatnot in charleston harbor mm, what kind of boat is that it's an island hopper so it's a it's technically 29 a little over 29 feet long um big big kind of picnic boat looking thing um oh okay nice, nice open back um tiny little cabin up forward little covered pilot house and whatnot Oh, that is neat. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about doing something like that on Lake Mendota, but I think we've had that discussion yeah. already. <laughs> it's like, I'm not sure if I want to get into that right now. But I'm glad you are doing the experiments for the rest of us. I think that's really yeah. awesome. Charleston Harbor is a, a great place to be out cruising. It's uh, about eight square miles of water, nice and protected, uh, surrounded by lowlands. So it keeps the waves out, but lets the wind in. So it's really great sailing down here. Ah, sounds like Traverse Bay. Yeah. So where and when did you get started and why did you get into all this boat stuff to begin with? Well, um, so I grew up sailing on a Hobie cat. So my, my dad and his brother, well, my grandpa really entered a, like a Coleman raffle, um, like Coleman mm -hmm. camping raffle and somehow won a Hobie cat. And um, so he took it home and, gave it to his kids, which is my dad and his brother. And they kind of went to the library, got some books on sailing and taught themselves how to sail. And 
my dad hang on to held on to the boat and then when me and my brother were growing up he taught us how to sail on it and it was just something we did for fun uh a number of years in college i ended up um, becoming friends with uh, naomi um, martai who you know as well and um so she kind of she was also into sailing as you might have heard but um she uh, invited me to come up uh, one summer to go work on the windy and that's where it kind of threw me into all this uh professional sailing stuff oh that's right yeah weren't you part of the original delivery crew of uh, the windy yeah uh no i was not uh that was that was before my time okay okay when did yeah you i came to... up and that was that would have been 2006 i think is when i started working with the windy oh okay yeah that makes sense so what do you wish you knew then that you now know i wish i knew how to ask more questions um i would say and and that was you know i, I was always very inquisitive but at the same time i, I also really wanted to uh, please people. I definitely was afraid of doing something wrong, but I also don't think I asked nearly as many questions as I would have liked to. Um, There's just so much to learn. And I think it kind of took me a while to kind of get into that and also to be able to put kind of ego aside and to really, really take in the, the knowledge, whatever else had to, to offer. I've been asking this question uh, with a, a bunch of people and uh... I think its subject is like inspirations or things that inspired you to, you know, really get into sailing. And they've been pretty diverse. Everything from old movies to um, uh, to Nate actually saying it was a, an Anthony Bourdain book that really got him into sailing. Uh, <laughs> so, do you have any of any of those things, books or stories or or movies? No, well, I mean, I I did, you know, just kind of growing up sailing, you know, it, I, I never really didn't do the, the whole yachty thing. Um, you know, Hobie cats are, are pretty kind of, you know, rough little boats. Um, and I, I didn't know anybody else sailing when I when I grew up. And so all I my only access to it was through like books and stuff like that. And so, you know, kind of reading some, you know, old history and old um, sailor stories and whatnot. It was always fun. And of course, you know, movies like Captain Ron, I really kind of, you know, me into it as well. um, something I, I never actually even thought of as a possibility um, until uh, I, I ran into Naomi and she was kind of telling me about the stories that she would do up in Chicago. And then I think she had just gotten off of a, um, a ship in Italy, maybe. Um, and, you know, you know, just kind of hearing the stories of other people. And it just sounded amazing. I was like, oh, I need to, I need to try to get into this. Oh, excellent. So who are the, who are your like mentors uh, getting into this, getting into tall ships, getting into catamarans and, you know, maybe even, you know, eventually doing it as a business? Yeah, um, honestly, I, a whole lot of mentors. I mean, the, you know, the captains that I worked with, I, I, I got the opportunity to work with a lot of different captains, um, worked with you in Chicago and learned a whole lot with both in Chicago and in, I probably learned more from you in South Haven than I did in, in Chicago, just because when we were on Friends Goodwill, it's just, you know, working with you like seven days a week, it seemed like. So, um, but learned was a whole amazing. lot about boat handling and um, also just kind of uh, about how to, not how to lead people, well, maybe I mean, 
kind of how to lead people, but the, the kind of leadership style that I wanted to do, which was not so much of a yell at people until they get it right, more of just a friendly conversation and kind of how to work together to reach the same goal. Anybody help you get started when running your own business? Not really with getting my own thing started. It just seemed like an idea that I thought was like, well, this can't be that hard, can it? Uh, and it was a, a little bit difficult. I, it was a lot of learning as I go. I, I knew how to sail and I knew how to be a tour guide and to be personable with people. And that was, I think, half the battle. The other half was all the paperwork and stuff, which was uh, quite a fun experience. But I, I much prefer being on the boat. So luckily, I've been able to you know, hire people to do all the unfun paperwork stuff. And while I just drive in the boat. Yeah. I mean, business wise, you know, I, I, you know, I, I guess I was inspired a little bit by, you know, Bob Martai who, you know, built the Wendy's in his backyard basically and, and got that rolling, but he built, I don't know how many other boats, five different boats or something like that in his, his lifetime. And I, I did actually um, learn. So the, one of the guys that bought one of his boats is here in Charleston. His name is Bob Scribner and he runs Charleston Harbor Tours, and I worked for him on some of his boats while I was down here. And um, can't maybe not learned a lot from him, but you know, just kind of you know did learn a little bit about managing um, mm. people and whatnot. So your educational background though is music, isn't it? It's it is music. I, this business stuff is new to me, so I, I I do enjoy kind of learning things on my own. And so I've I've just been you know reading up and trying to piece things together and make it work. Um, but yeah, music is the, the background, which actually is, I guess, another inspiration for getting into boats as well, because um, a lot of the music I, I did enjoy um, was maritime music, as you and I uh, got to play together quite a bit in uh, our time sailing together. So that was always fun. Yeah, every time I do uh, the Jolly Roving Tar, I, I miss that that mandolin lick right there, for sure. <laughs> I still hear it in my head, for definitely. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, maybe I never really think about it much, but it, music is a thing where it's kind of like you do have to, um, you do have to have a lot of self-motivation to get stuff done. And it's it's a discipline for sure. Um, and it's, it's like, it's kind of like a lot of things too. You know, it's, it is a lot easier to play music when you're surrounded by other musicians. Um, and last year um i you know kind of lost touch with a lot of my musical friends just because we weren't getting together um like we used to and i could tell the difference because i just was not playing as much music as i had been um i've been uh, a friend of mine had been getting together and we've been um breaking out his violin and my piano and you know going through some of the uh old box stuff and you know breaking out Ooh. our classical and whatnot but then we haven't done that since you know 2019 now so it's uh you know, we'd, we'd like to get back together um not that we haven't been able to get together but it's just you know once we got out of that kind of routine it's you know a little bit harder to pick it back up again this is a question i ask everybody too um what what do you think was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it failure which which failure i've got yeah. probably a lot of them. <laughs> um some of my biggest failures are that, that I feel at least are in any time that um, I guess somebody's gotten hurt, you know, on my watch. And it unfortunately has happened before with at a, a, a fall when um, my crew fell on me, um, not on me physically, but, you know, fell while they're uh, climbing aloft on the windy. Um, and that, you know, of course, I'm always thinking about how could I have handled that or, you know, explain the situation better. 
And uh, I mean, other than that, but, you know, in managing people I've, is always difficult. You know, when I started the business, I was running a six pack boat um, that was just a, a single handed thing. And so I didn't have to deal with anybody else except for myself. And um, now I've got um, like four different captains working for me and uh, four different uh, crew that I'm having to schedule and, you know, put people here and there and trying to, you know, adequately make sure that they all have enough work to do enough hours that I can pay them for. So it makes sense for them to, you know, stay with me full time. And then also just kind of make sure that I'm teaching them the right things. Is there a tall ship myth that you would like to debunk? Ooh, um, just because it's the way that it's always been done doesn't mean it has to be uh, that way. Um, and that, that probably, you know, goes beyond tall ships as well. It's probably for anything. There's always room for, you know, progress and innovation, I think. So um, we can always do something better. Oh, I like that. I definitely like that. What advice do you have for people interested in sailing, whether it's professionally or as a volunteer? Um, just to get out and do it. Um, I think there's a lot of hangups on sailing and, and there definitely seems to be um, a lot of this idea that sailing is is like an elite thing to do or you know just for for rich people um but there's a lot of folks that like me that don't have a whole lot of money but you know we like to go sailing anyways um and there, there's so many different programs and options and a lot of different communities to get you out on the water whether it's by uh just joining just you know heading down to the docks on race night and uh, with a six-pack of beer and jumping on a race boat um, just to, you know, be rail meet and kind of get some hands on stuff. Or if you have a local tall ship, just kind of walking down the docks there and introducing yourself and um, getting involved with them too. So um, I think there's a lot of opportunities that maybe people don't realize and kind of getting your foot in the door to um, start working. But always, you know, if you do get on a boat to kind of show up with a little bit of humility and, and always just be willing to, uh, to ask questions and learn. Oh, for sure. What does the term shipmate mean to you? Uh, um, I, yeah, shipmates are obviously a very um, intimate, familial kind of term for me, um, especially, you know, after, you know, spending months on board a boat with, you know, a small group of people, you get to know, you know, everybody's mannerisms and you can, you know, get to know their snoring and, and everything else too, but, but you also, uh, you understand what they're doing and you all understand how to work together. And so you can read their minds almost everybody kind of um, knows what the other person's doing. You know, shipmates is just, we're, we're all shipmates on this world together too. And so it's all kind of helping each other, working together towards that same goal. Um, and then that's what it is. A bunch of people working towards the same goal. That's, that's shipmates trying to keep uh, watch each other's back, keep each other safe. I like that. I like that. Now, I was going to ask you for your favorite Sullivan story, which I will do. But the one story I wanted to touch on, you were the one, the only crew member of Dennis Sullivan I know of who was almost shot because they were crewing on Dennis Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you know of, I guess. But uh, <laughs> no, um, that, uh, that may be my favorite. Maybe I don't know, it's my favorite story because I survived it. But um, we, we were coming back to the port of Miami, which was, I think, at Dodge Island. And we, you know, I was sent out in the small boat to go catch lines as the, the boat was pulling in. 
um, cause we were fairly self-sufficient there. And, um, so they dropped me off at the dock. Um, you know, I jumped up there, you know, bright orange safety vest, um, life jacket that says Dennis Sullivan on the back. And, um, as the boat's coming in, you know, I hear a car pull up behind me and, uh, and then not thrown to the ground, but, you know, definitely pushed down to the ground and, and cuffed with guns drawn on me. And I, I thought that was a little bit excessive. Um, and, and yeah, I think Jamie Trost was the captain and, um, yeah, it, he, he's, you could hear him yelling from, you know, the dock where I was to the uh, boat coming down there. Uh, so there's a little bit of an exchange where they had to call the police officer supervisors and another thing, I don't know if they were port police or what kind of police they were, but, um, I wasn't in handcuffs for very long. I don't think, um, before they jumped back in their cars and took off. Um, cause they, they definitely weren't there by the time the ship got to the dock, but, um, yeah, I'm not were... sure what happened. I don't know if Discovery World ended up following up on that or, or whatnot, but um, I did not get shot. So that was exciting for me. That's always good. Yeah. <laughs> did they think you were a, a terrorist? Or I'm not really were... sure that the, the, yeah, I'm not really sure what they, what they thought I was, but I guess they, in their defense, they probably just saw some guy and I wasn't the most clean cut guy back then either, you know, climbing up the side of the dock. But I figured if I think, you know, if I was up to no good, I probably would be, wouldn't be wearing a bright orange life jacket with the name of my ship written on the back of it. But that's just me. Maybe a little more ninja. Yeah. And maybe, yeah. you know, the a big 140 foot three masted schooner pulling up to the dock right behind me might tip you off that I was supposed to be there. But. <laughs> so is it... Um... I give you an extra Sullivan story. Any other any other stories that just come to mind as one of your favorites, whether whether um, you were in it or not. Um, uh, I, I had a when I was on Sullivan, I joined the boat in Miami in two thousand eight, um, and we were yeah, we were down in Miami. We were one of the, I think the one of the last trips that went south because they, they used to run. Um, winter trips down in the Bahamas and the Caribbean, well, maybe not the Caribbean, but definitely in the Bahamas and, and Southern Florida through the winter time. And then uh, they transit back up through the spring and then sail in um, the Great Lakes for the summer. Um, and then they just kind of go back and forth like that. And so I got to run some um, sea school programs with them down there. Um, and it, it was always a, a very interesting thing. You know, we had a bunch of students on learning about science, but you know, they might be giving a, uh, we'd be offshore somewhere, they'd be giving some presentation and, you know, hang on one second, I need to go throw up over the side. And now I'm back and once again, back to this presentation. There's a lot of fun stuff like that, um, that was happening. But um, we, one of the coolest experience I think was on, when I was on the Sullivan, we were um, transiting through Cape Cod. Um, and it, we were, this is maybe in April or so in Cape Cod, so it was pretty chilly. Um, but the um, right whales were migrating and they're um, hanging out in Cape Cod. And we happened to be cruising and you know, we caught our engines and just started drifting. And uh, maybe it's three or four whales just kind of came around and started circling the boat and whatnot. And that was that was a pretty rad sight. Um, it was, you know, the, the closest encounter I've had with a whale before. Wow, that is gorgeous. Uh, Brian, it was awesome to catch up with you. It's been it's been a bunch of years, and uh, thank you for being on Sullivan Stories. If you're a past or current professional crew member 
and would like to be on the podcast or just have a story you'd like to share, write me at tom at tomcastle.com. That's T-O-M at T-O-M-K-A-S-T-L-E dot com. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Tom.